This is Kick-Ass News. I'm Ben Mathis. You did not kill your therapist. Um, I'm pretty sure I did. It was actually a really big deal to me. Of course, it's just not like your child or something. Well, I don't have a child. Thank God, right? Thank God I don't have a child. The child that died. That was a clip from the new Showtime comedy series, Work in Progress, a funny and uniquely human comedy starring and co-created by Chicago improv mainstay Abby McEnany. The show that's loosely based on her life follows the self-identified, struggling, fat, queer dyke as she copes with obsessive-compulsive disorder and tries to find love in the big city while navigating evolving ideas about gender and sexuality, surviving hostile ladies' rooms, and trying not to stick her foot in her mouth. And today, Abby joins me on the podcast to discuss her start in Chicago's improv scene, how her one-woman show got turned into a series for Showtime, and how she decided to create her own breakout role when no one else would cast her. She reveals how Julia Sweeney's Saturday Night Live character, Pat, made her life a living hell for a while, and how she convinced Julia to join the supporting cast of her show. Abby talks about her perennial problem of getting misgendered in the women's restroom, how the 51-year-old sometimes feels like a square in the younger gay and transgender community, and why avoiding all social media is a matter of life and death for her. Plus, I get an education in gender identity, I mispronounce Abby's name a couple dozen times, and we bond over the power of gingham to cross all gender lines. Coming up with Abby McEnany in just a moment. Let me give you a proper intro here. Okay. <laughs> Nick and Annie? McEnany. McEnany. Yeah. God damn it. It's I'm okay. going to screw it up McEnany, right now. McEnany, yeah. McEnany. Yeah, okay. All right. Abby McEnany is a... Abby McEnany is a mainstay of the Chicago improvisational comedy scene and regularly performs at I.O. Chicago. She wrote and performed two one-woman shows... They're not all winners and work in progress. The latter, this is <laughs> going to be a rough morning. <laughs> you know what? You're working. This is perfect because this is how I am. Okay. So I, I'm loving every second. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. For first me. thing I'm doing after the holiday. The latter of which led to the creation of her new comedy series for Showtime. Work in progress features McEnany. McEnany, McEnany. McEnany. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I'm going to screw it up so many <laughs> I, times today. I, I give zero fucks, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> McEnany. Work in Progress features McEnany as a fictionalized version of herself, a 45-year-old self-identified fat queer dyke whose misfortune and despair unexpectedly lead her to a vibrantly transformative relationship. Work in Progress premieres Sunday, December 8th at 11 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Abby McEnany. Hi. Did I get it right? McEnany. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, you got God it. You got it. Just, yeah. Abby McEnany. <laughs> you Welcome. got it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wow. Okay. You nailed it. I'm a, I'm a hot mess. Today. No, are you? Well, then we have a lot in common. I'm okay. consistently a hot mess. Okay. By yeah. the way, I was just with, with my wife as I was telling you yeah. at our doctor's appointment, and she swears that you and I dress alike. 
Oh, yeah, when you're wearing gingham right now. You're wearing gingham and jeans, right? Yeah. Oh. yeah, she watched that show. She's like, you two kind of dress alike. <laughs> I just have a little less facial hair at the moment. I know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even know what that means. Does that mean that I dress like a queer dyke or uh, you dress uh, like a straight male? No, I don't think that's it. Okay. I, I just, I, 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 I'm a masculine presenting person. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> now, my, my sister always makes fun. She's like, so what are you going to wear, gingham? And I was like, I think I wear so much. I love gingham. <laughs> And I was wearing, but then like uh, our lovely costume designer, like I just had a lot of gingham, and now I think I'm like, oh god, I don't think I like gingham anymore. Oh no, <laughs> just for myself, but like, <laughs> but who knows? Oh, <laughs> I love it, but yeah. Now I mentioned in the intro that you describe yourself as a queer dyke, yes. not a lesbian. Yes. For those of us who are still yes. figuring things out, sure. and I was too lazy to Google. No. What's the difference? Well, Help actually, me out I here. think it's funny because like, uh, I think identity is so personal, mm-hmm. and so um, I. I don't know anybody else that – I mean, I think everybody can uh, find what what they feel comfortable identifying themselves as. Mm-hmm. I um, never felt like a – like lesbians, I don't know. And also things mean diff- – things, uh, things mean different things to different people. Right. So uh, – It's very confusing it, these it, days. I can be. I, I just think um, – and also God bless. Uh, if somebody says there's something, then – that let them be that mm-hmm. right. So lesbians like so I dated uh, the the in the in the show, uh, my character Abby uh, meets a young trans man mm-hmm. who is a waiter. And then uh, about ten years ago, I was in D.C. for a, a month doing a show uh, for Second City, and I met a young trans man as a waiter. And um, once I started dating Alex, I can't call myself a lesbian anymore because I'm denying. Alex's identity because lesbians date right. women. Okay. So I was like, okay. that, I can't, I'm not a lesbian, right? Okay. Because that's like, I don't want to do anything to take away Alex's identity as a man. Yeah. So got it. That I said, yeah. So then I, I <laughs> totally just, I then I, I started identifying myself more. Of, I, I, I was like, lesbians uh, date women. Dice can do whatever the fuck they want. And mm-hmm. then I also feel like I'm queer. I say I'm dyke identified, and that's where I came up with queer dyke. I made it up for myself. Okay. Some people are like get pissed <laughs> off about it. I'm like, God bless. Uh, I think um, when the like fluidity, the the idea of fluidity at least came more in my in my world in the last three years, both sexual and gender fluidity. That is makes a lot of sense to me, and uh-huh. I think I, I really feel like both of those things uh, make a lot of sense to who I am. Yeah. Um, I was at a really good friend of mine, Dan White's wedding, and he was introducing me to his cousin. He's like, and this is Abby, and they. Uh, he looked at me, and I was like, she, her at the moment, <laughs> to, to be determined, you know. So I am a she, yeah. her. Uh, I, that's how I identify now. I don't know. Okay. Identity's kind of beautiful, Yeah. and I feel like, for me, it's always going to be open to change, and who yeah. cares, except, I mean, I think people do care. I mean to say, like, let people, you know, sure. I, mean. I, I also sure. I'm a verbal vomiter, as as you can see, and I don't think I hide very well. So let's just get that out of the, of the yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, so much is changing these days. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Uh, just a few days ago, I was with my sister-in-law who teaches up in Northern California, and she was telling me how I guess now the teachers have been taught to, I guess, at a certain grade the the kids can choose to self-identify. But prior to that, they just have decided to blanket refer to children as they hey. and wow, instead yeah. of his or her yep. there. But apparently all of the English teachers are pissed off now <laughs> because it's not proper grammar. That is so funny. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I had a very good friend of mine who, um, you know, very, you know, as uh, as ally, as, 
you know, as straight whites this guy could be. I mean, like lovely, but um, they, this was like three years ago and they were just like, would argue with me. Like it just isn't grammatically correct. Like I, you know, they okay. is, you know, they. So that's not an uncommon uh, Well, yeah. And it was just so though. funny. I was like, I, yeah, but I don't, he's like, and I read an article. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if. Uh, you as a straight white cis Catholic guy should be the arbiter of how right. uh, queers and gender non-variant yeah. people <laughs> refer to themselves. He was like, well, all right, but he was still kind of pissed off. And now he's he's on board. But it took him about yeah. it took him about two two and a half years to get there. Okay, so you know we're all uh, we're all trying. Like hopefully, most people are trying to learn. And um, you know I mess up all the time and stuff. I don't know everything and. Hopefully we live we can like create a society or create communities where people can mm-hmm. learn and, and be honest Definitely. with each other. I don't know. Yeah, I actually really appreciate that you use this series even to own up to your own confusion sometimes yeah. and kind of the predicament of going from being kind of the cool lesbian in the nineties to being I don't know, a little bit. Wait, feeling, cool lesbian feel- you thought that was a cool lesbian in the nineties? Oh, I that's feel like, very sweet. I feel like in the nineties that was a very trendy, cool thing to be. Everyone that that what? was when the that's when everyone decided that they wanted a lesbian best friend or they wanted a lesbian friend. So wow. I feel like there were a where lot you, of straight where, people where acquiring living? lesbian friend their token lesbian friend in the nineties. That is news to me, Ben. <laughs> no? uh, where, okay. where are you from? <laughs> well, I'm actually from Texas. So. I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Texas is very forward thinking, very very open-minded, you, you know. know. Yeah, they have that reputation. Yeah, oh, they do. <laughs> they do indeed. Holy smokes, that makes me laugh. I that's not what I uh, that's not what I encountered. Well, I think you're a cool lesbian. Oh, that's very well. Well, Cory Dyke, but thank you very much. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, in sorry. the '90s, okay. you were a cool lesbian. I mean, I've always been a dork and okay. never been cool. But yes, and hey, you know that's okay. And I, and I but what I was going <laughs> to say is that I appreciate that in this show. You kind of own up to your own awkwardness, yeah. you know, tr- kind of feeling like a little bit of a square in yeah. the whole gay transgender community yeah. of a younger generation yes. now at this point. I think so. And, and that's I, where a lot of the comedy comes right. from. I think, um, you know, when I because when I really when I met Alex, uh, you know, I originally misidentified uh, them because now in the mm. last year uh, they now identify as genderqueer. So uh, okay. they go by they them now. Um uh, when I first identified Alex as the hottest baby dyke on the face of the planet, um, like just like it says in the pilot. Um, and then, you know, we were emailing and they were like, actually, I'm a trans man. I was like, cool, uh, let's go out. And then, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think the show, I think, you know, in the pilot, it's a very lily white, mm-hmm. cis woman homosexual experience right like, mm-hmm. like you see all my best friends and they're they're <laughs> right. they're uh lesbians they're they're cisgender and they're white and it's a very it's a very like hilariously uh in quotes homogenous mm-hmm. community that i'm part of and then this relationship with this young trans man it's like i think it shows this beautiful i call it a queer wonderland I, that like uh <laughs> there's just a beautiful array of queer folks like i think if you're living and i think i mean i have to i mean i'm very much in a place of privilege like i have always been like my family has been supportive i have a wonderful really? group that's of, great yeah i have a wonderful community of friends like the improv community like when i first was improvising not a lot of queers there but like you know had have had always had lots of friends in it and it's been a lovely place for me I know it's very problematic for a lot of people who are other, so I'm not saying whatever. My experience has been all right, um, but I I just think that like when young folks come out in a in a urban a city environment, like 
it's never, I mean, God bless, it's not going to be cis coming out experience. It's not going to be white. Like if you're, if you're a cis white person in the city coming out, your community is going to be filled with gender variant, uh, like, you know, d- uh, people of all different gender identities, mm-hmm. sexual identities, um, people of uh, color and uh, different religions, different abilities. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like different sizes. I mean, there's just such a beautiful thing. And it is eye opening to me. And um, and we wanted to show that, like, this is not just the relationship with Chris is not just because I'm willing to love again. But it's like, whoa, there is a life out here that is supportive and open and mm-hmm. and embracing yeah so yeah you know and i i think i don't know i, I kind of feel like everyone's trying to figure out right now i mean I everyone's so. kind of there the, the, no one's written the rule book yet there and everyone's book, trying right? to figure it out and look i mean you know there aren't maybe there are some people out there but there aren't a lot of people out there who are just going around looking to find someone to hurt their feelings you know, oh, or I trying don't to agree with that. going around trying to offend someone i mean well there's, that's a, <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> there is, there's a very vocal small minority in this country of about 30 percent, which i guess is not that's, that small that's a minority huge. That's huge. But, no i you know it's yeah. funny because i like you know it's funny and i say like i well i okay i'm not on social media oh yeah that's and, true i hate it i i and also, never have been never have been and, really? and, and that was a very um a very, I mean, I thought, I mean, people were like, yes, you got to join Facebook. I was, and this years ago, I was like, no. And and some people were like, you got to join Twitter. Like when Twitter came, I was like, no. Somebody once said like, well, Abby, it's really going to hurt your career. And I was like, well, it'll hurt my career more if I'm not alive. Because like, I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like clearly a very depressed person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I'm doing, I'm not getting on wood. Like my meds are working pretty well now. And my therapist is awesome. Um but yeah, that, but that so could much, totally screw yeah, with you. Well, and also, I, I, there's so much vitriol out there. And yeah. I think as Why a queer, fat woman, I find tons of hate out there. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think there I, I think there are tons of people going looking to um, tear people down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's and, and also, again, I come from an amazing life of privilege. Like I grew up upper middle class. Like I went to college. Um, I didn't have to take student loans. Like that is like crazy. Like, mm. you know, I've been able to live this life of a family that loves me and, and friends. I don't know. So yeah, I, I wish I thought <laughs> that there weren't hateful people out there, but I have to say like, you know, I think it's easy, especially after this horrific election of 2016, where even up to that, like it was hard. Like if you stay in your house and you just read the news, you can start thinking yeah. that it's a burning fucking shit fire of uh, humanity out there. And the second you leave your house, you're like, oh, they're mm-hmm. lovely people. Yeah. I don't know. That's not, That was a real big brand of, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't I know. Get it. No, I completely get it. But yeah, do you, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything? Like with everything going on politically and the impeachment and all that, you mm-hmm. don't feel like you're tuned out to that or no, maybe I mean, you want to be tuned out well, no, to I mean, that well, right I think now. I, I think know. the way to be tuned in is not to be on social media mm-hmm. like I think yeah. you can like find trusted news sources mm-hmm. um, and go there like I think yeah. like the, I mean I <laughs> the about what I hear about people like what they I mean you're not going to change any minds of anybody on Facebook it's right. like a tons and I've, I again I don't see it I've heard it like people are like well fuck you you know you're a bigot whatever I don't, there's no room for discourse. There's no mm-hmm. room for love and understanding yeah. and conversation. So, like, no, I'm not missing out. I think I'm like, I'm living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and uh, yeah. And I think I was. Uh, yeah, it's a t- it's a tough yeah. time. And um, 
I remember like right after the election. So Lindy West, uh, do you know who Lindy West is? Uh-huh. She wrote Shrill yeah, and sure. Um, and when I read that book, I was I mean, and I was I had followed her like she was a writer on Jezebel, and I was like, who's this Lindy West? Like I, I've loved her forever. And then Shrill came out, and really, I just think it's the most beautiful book, and it was kind of like my Bible and stuff. And she was coming for like Chicago Humanities Week, or she was doing something in Chicago, and. You know, I bought a ticket to go see her, and it was like a week after the election in 2016. And we got the, everybody was sort of shell shocked. And she goes, she was up there. She was like, Well, I think today's going to be a lot different than we thought we were going to talk about today. And what she said, I took to heart. She's like, People are like, What can, what do you suggest? And um, she's like, If you have the means, support journalism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if if you have means, find papers that you, that you think do good journalism, mm-hmm. whether or not they lean your way or not, support them, subscribe. And I was like, that's the what to do. So like now, you know, I subscribe like to the New York Times, Boston Globe, the Washington Post, the Atlantic, whatever, and get these, you know, and that's, I think, you. that's how you, I don't know. I, yeah. I rarely watch the news because like. Oh, yeah. Even and, that's gotten inflammatory. Honestly, like, I, I like people are like, oh, are you going to watch the, uh, it, uh, are you going to watch the debates? I'm like. Well, this is pretty weak of me. I, I hate conflict. People are just yelling and putting each other yeah. down. I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I get it. And I also, like, I love that, like, you know, I read some comments of of, of other things. But like, oh, you're such, like, oh the, oh, the triggered liberals are so afraid. So come at me, bro. I mean, I know it's coming. You know, you just have to. Yeah. yeah, I know there's stuff out there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, and this this whole thing. I where does your sister in law teach? Well, is she in San um, Francisco or yeah, outside of San Francisco? Yeah, it's a private school for dyslexic kids in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, in the Bay Area. Oh, the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. like I actually I went to high school yeah. in the Bay Area. Oh, so you like did? yeah, we oh, moved okay. around a lot growing up. So we moved. Okay. I, we moved there when I was in ninth grade, and and I love like when people talk about. I mean, I bet like I, I'm just imagining uh, the community around that school and the people hear about it like, oh, can you believe that they <laughs> yeah. do whatever? Right. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. you got to just find your way and uh, yeah. be hopefully open and as yeah. loving as you can. So you're not from Chicago originally. Huh? I'm not. No, we um, I moved around tons growing up. And I moved to Chicago for college, and I just stayed. So I've lived okay. in Chicago since 1986. Okay. I'm 51. I'm 41 in the sh- 45 in the show. I'm 51. We started writing it um, when <laughs> yeah, I was Yeah, why four. you're starting off with a lie? A lie. Thank well, you very much. How can the audience ever trust you? Right, thank you. I was wondering about that. I always, I like, I always <laughs> tell people I'm a, I'm a fucking hypocrite. Like I say, I'm a really <laughs> private person, and then I just barf out all this stuff about my life. So anyway, so when I did my when I did my storytelling show called Work in Progress, mm-hmm. which was all just real life stories, I um. You know, I do. I, I, uh, <laughs> my one of my very best friends, Brendan Dowling, he directed, he directed that show, and he's like one of the funniest. I mean, just the Chicago, uh, world is, it's so beautiful and funny and smart. Anyways, so he, I did this thing as like, I mean, I, I, I did this thing about how I'm very afraid of using restrooms, public restrooms, and it, yeah. it's like, um, cause you know, it's, it, it can be terrifying. And, and I was like, you know, I'm this middle aged, I'm this middle-aged woman, and I'm and it's so crazy that I'm afraid to use bathrooms. And he was sitting; he was like, "We were rehearsing." He's like, uh, "You're middle-aged. You think you're gonna live to 96?" And then you like <laughs> pretend to be drinking and smoking a sick. Anyways, so I said, "My I was 48 in the show, right?" Uh-huh. And then when Tim Mason, who's my co-creator and co-writer of the pilot, and now and now Lily Wachowski is also a co-writer of the other seven episodes, um, when he, we were doing the tagline for our um, 
for our uh, proof of concept scene, he wrote like, you know, we were like going to say, it was, we thought it would be funny to be it's like, it's a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a coming of age story of a 45 year old dyke. <laughs> and, and he put it in and we sent it out. It's like 45. He's like, aren't you 45? I'm like, I'm 48. <laughs> Anyways, so it's 45. And then yeah. it took three years for us to get it made. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh, I'm very, I mean, anybody could be like, you're a hypocrite. Yes, I am. We're going to take a quick break and then I'll be back with more with Abby McEnany when we come back in just a minute. For over 115 years, Oris has been making purely mechanical watches in Holstein, Switzerland. Staying true to a rich heritage, Oris is one of the few Swiss watch companies to remain independently owned and operated. Because of this independence, Oris has the freedom to follow its own path. They're focused on bringing change for the better which means making choices that are ecologically, socially, and financially responsible. That includes ocean conservation and recycled plastic partnerships. Of course, that's along with Oris's more than century-long commitment to making inventive, high-functioning, Swiss-made watches that serve a real purpose, and at a price that makes sense, the best possible watch for the money. Comprised of four themes, diving, aviation, motorsport, and culture, Oris watches are made for everyday wear. Shop the many different unique styles at oris, O-R-I-S, dot C-H slash kick. You're sure to find one that's your style and suits your taste. That's oris dot C-H slash kick. And now, back to the podcast. But you're very honest about a lot of things in this show. And the bathroom thing is fascinating to me. I guess, I mean, well, I don't want to say that's a weird term. But it was was interesting. It was Mm -hmm. funny. It was revealing. I didn't know that. I I guess you you had this problem for a long time. Yeah. Getting misgendered and yelled at by women in a ladies' room who think that you're a guy or pervert or whatever. I don't know. I mean, everything. Like, I mean, you know. That really happens. It really happens. And, you know, it was so crazy. We were out here for the TCA's. Um, for you know a day of press uh, in August, and I'm here like it's like a highlight. Like we, we start shooting this, like my dreams coming true, right? Like we're we're doing the show. I'm working with my dear friend, like Tim, and then I'm working with like, another dear friend, Lily Wachowski. Yeah, who, made like, the Matrix fame. Yes, and other I mean things. honestly, yeah. like the fact I I and I've known her for like three and a half years, and and she's so lovely, and I've always like. She took a $15 million pay cut to do this show. Like I was saying, you know, she's this, I mean, and so we're out there. I'm like, this is crazy. Like when I came yeah. in, you were like, congratulations. I'm like, this is bonkers. Like I cannot <laughs> still believe it. Still. Again, huh? It doesn't seem real. <laughs> and I'm so grateful. And it is so crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'm, I uh, used, you know, we did some interviews and, and then we did the panel. But like right before the panel, I went to the bathroom and. Like a lady, uh, a woman came into his bathroom and she did that whole thing, like looking at the sign, looking at me, looking at the sign, looking at me. And I'm like, it's, you know, like yeah. this is happening. And I was, and so I told the, I told the, I was, we were on the panel in front of journalists. I'm like, it just happened. Wow. Like, I think a lot of people think I make it up and, and uh, I don't, it's, uh, it can be harrowing. And I think a lot of it depends, like, I always say, like, when I get misgendered, like, I get it. I'm masculine presented. I want to be masculine, 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 <laughs> masculine, uh, mas- how do you say it? Masculine? Masculine. I say, yeah, now I, you know, when you're like, how do you spell they? Anyways. Yeah, I think you're trying pre- to make it more feminine. Uh, no, thanks. Yeah, but uh, masculine, a masculine yeah. presenting. So I get when I'm called sir or whatever. 
My problem is the reaction. Like if I right. go, oh, either say I'm not a sir or they hear my voice and then they know. Mm-hmm. My, if the reaction is like, sorry, I'm like, hey, it happens all the time. I right. don't care. It's it's the reaction that is, well, you should mm-hmm. grow your hair. Somebody said that to me in a store. Uh, you should wear um, you should wear women's clothes. A friend of mine said that to me about eight years ago. A friend? Ago. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Are they still your friend? Like, yeah. Well, they purportedly, <laughs> like, they don't think, you know, this was like eight years ago and they purportedly loved me. They're, she's on my side. And she was like, well, you know, maybe you wouldn't have a problem if you wore women's clothes. I was huh. like, okay. So, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> my problem is with the bigotry of the reaction or the mm-hmm. hatred or the yeah. danger or whatever. And also yeah. to be in a bathroom, be screamed at by an uh, older lady before right. you get on a plane. It's like, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I love it in the show. I, I don't know if you really do this in real life, but you go when you go into the bathroom, you speak in a much higher voice to make I it do. clear that you're a woman. I mean, that is legit real. And like, really? um, my it was funny. I was in uh, Boston, like maybe I don't know, five years ago. Like we had a, a family friend who died, so I, I flew back to Boston, and when we were at the funeral, and then I got snowed in. I was I, I was supposed to take a flight back to Chicago, and it was like this big blizzard. It, I remember the one thing good about it is that I'm a Patriots fan. I know lots of trash people in that, but whatever. <laughs> Always been a Patriots fan. And then, like, so I was able to, like, the Patriots played that night. We got taken off the plane because I went to my sister's house. Blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, my God. I totally forgot where we were going with this. Crap. <laughs> Crap. What were we going? The high voice thing. Oh, the high voice. Anyway, <laughs> so then, like, I mean, we were like, that's hilarious. I'm like, where do we go? I've only had coffee. No. Anyway, so we, uh, Lizzie and I, my my middle sister, uh, uh we went to a movie. It was like the third day, and we were actually able to use the car. And um, we went to the movie, and it was like this uh, uh, movie theater, you know. And I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the bathroom before we go home. And I heard somebody come in. I'm like, <coughs> like I do a high a cough, and I was like, Hello, you know. And she goes, Abby, it's me. I mean, she because she knew I did that, but because yeah. I did a storytelling thing about it like years ago, and she was, and she was like, hello. I mean, anyways, yeah. I really do it. It's it's like a, it's a safety thing and uh, get it out of the way. Yeah, I don't know. And I love that scene. That's probably my my favorite scene oh, in the that, entire season the, season in the, of, the, of the, the show. The, the ba- yeah, yeah, the, the, the last scene of the fourth episode. Well, yeah, because you finally are fed up and you start going off on these yeah. women in the bathroom. But yep. then it almost spirals into like this Zucker Brothers esque scene <laughs> of you. That really it comments on uh, our assumptions about all kinds of different yeah. people from disabled right. to guys to. Nuns, you name yeah. it. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> I it, thought that it, was so brilliantly honest. I mean, and it's funny because that that scene. Sh- I mean, I am a horrible human being. Like, I'm like, my life is harder than anybody else's. Clearly, that's not true. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, I, I like I was pushed to this place, and I'm like saying my life is harder than anybody else in the world, and like that is clearly. Not true. Like, you know, and so that's part of the comedy, hopefully, yeah. is that, like, you know, you spiral, so you spiral, good. you spiral, and then, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also, like, allowing somebody to have really bad and ugly moments, yeah. right? Like, not everybody's always at their best, right. you know, and that shows Absolutely. my character, I'm doing quotes, as a horrible human being, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah. Um, now, the show centers around you, but you have mm-hmm. a perfect supporting cast, yes. including the great Julia Sweeney of I mean, SNL fame. Yes. She plays a supporting role on the show, mm-hmm. and you end up calling her out for her character, Pat, mm-hmm. which hopefully people remember, have a certain generation it, remember it is SNL a, in the 90s, Pat. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think how to describe Pat, but well, Pat she was, was a problem a, for you, right? Well, yeah, so Pat was a character that Julia did, um, and, and the thing was, uh, uh, the premise was that nobody knew if Pat was a man or a woman. Right. Right. So, um, 
And also, it's funny because uh, when Pat was on SNL, like, I mean, I laughed along with everybody else. I, I thought it was hilarious. When it stopped being funny to me, it was like, and Pat was off the air, um, I would be called Pat. And, you know, that's not a, that's not a compliment. Uh, and, yeah. you know, and it'd be, and, uh, it'd be, you know, either like guys, like I would like frat bros or like, or like, you know, financial bros or just any bro guy. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, I <laughs> come at me, guys. I don't, whatever. Uh, I'm just waiting for all the vitriol to come in. Uh, but anybody, you know, like. You'll never know because you're not on social media. So. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's true. They're just talking to uh, the That's wind. true. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like, Abby, I got a lot of hate mail for you. Um, but the thing that was horrible is that it happened to me in a lesbian bar by a lesbian. What? Uh, yeah. So like this, and this is in a the, lesbian called you Pat. Yes, like uh, in, in a it, obviously in a disparaging way, and it was like, and that is that's you know it's the night it's the late nineties, uh, you know being queer in the late nineties. I mean, like I again, I was sur- I was in Chicago. I had like I lived in you know where like a bunch of queers lived, and like I felt comfortable. But like you know there was like there you you know. There had to be safe spaces. You mm-hmm. had to go to safe space. So, like, this bar was a lesbian bar, and it should have been a safe space. Mm-hmm. And this lesbian called me Pat. And it's just like, <laughs> where am I safe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like where, if you don't fit into everyone's taxonomy yeah. of right. what you're supposed to be. Exactly right. You know, what and a person's I, supposed yeah. to be. And so, yeah. like, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think the idea... I, I call it, a, I think there's a queer community. I think the idea, like, when that happened, and I've gotten some stuff, I was like, sometimes the term lesbian community to me seems like a misnomer. Just because of, the like, the, the experience that I've had mm-hmm. um, being judged for being yeah. conventionally ugly or, like, fat or, like, masculine presenting or, you know, yeah. um, whatever. So, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I just want to like it's and that's important too like just because you fall into a certain thing like you're queer or mm-hmm. uh whatever like it doesn't mean you're not a bigot. Yeah. And I've got to say I got to say it again. I make mistakes <laughs> all the time. I want to be better uh about everything, you know, and like we uh that's all. I just want to say like well you messed up. Yeah. I know. Yeah, every time I hear the term lesbian community, it reminds me of an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry Larry David is bragging about being a friend of the lesbian community. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's this, like, and I think the whole premise is like something. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell is like kind of the de facto president or oh queen of the lesbian community. Hilarious. So if you're in with Rosie, you're in with every lesbian <laughs> in the world. <laughs> That's a riot. I'm, I'm curious, what what other shows inspired you when you were doing this? Because I, I feel like there's a certain amount of curbishness to it. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, I love a lot of different shows. I never really watch Curb. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I think I mean I think obviously he's a genius. Um, uh. There's a lot, you know, it's this sort of like, there's a, uh, and I've had friends that were, you know, like, like did day parts on Curb and they mm-hmm. were like, it's the most brilliant experience. And, and so this is not meant as disrespect at all. Cause, uh, obviously he is a comedic genius. I think there's a lot of negativity and like, you know, stressful situations, mm-hmm. which is ripe for comedy, but it's right. just like, as a, as somebody who is very, anxious and unhappy sometimes but i'm a very anxious person i get stressed out like watching this play like it's not a calm yeah. experience does that make sense like yeah like i like, like i think your the, own story or, no no or, the curb. Oh, oh, curb. Okay, watching yeah. curb is very right. difficult oh I, I know people who, do, who find it very stressful it's, that's what i'm saying <laughs> like that's they so, empathize with them a little bit and like it's always I, screwing up yeah, yeah i mean i don't watch because it's always like there's always something mm-hmm. that 
that it's never it's never like oh I'm gonna watch this and enjoy it. It's yeah. always very stressful. So I yeah. I don't watch like that wasn't an inspiration. Yeah. You know I don't I can't go to a show that was an inspiration. Really? I don't know. I think. But it was based off of your one yeah, woman show. Yeah, it was based right. off a storytelling. Yeah. I gotta say, like I love. I mean, there are tons of shows that with brilliant, like uh, Brooklyn Nine One One. No, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it's just that's like that to me right now is an example of yeah. a perfect ensemble so comedy. Funny. Mm-hmm. Like I think I th- I love that show, and then um, I th- I I just think that's brilliant. Um, and like my one of my favorite comedies of all time is Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, I love Definitely. that. Like. Um, no. But I don't know. I don't think that you would see that in our show. But like, yeah. I don't know. Right, I'm right. inspired by. No, I, I know that you come from an improv background. Yes. Is a lot of this show improvised? It, you know, or I would is say it it's it's all script. So everything was scripted. Okay. I think there are some actors on there that uh, are amazing improvisers. So Mary Sohn, who plays my boss, Susan Celeste. Oh, she's great. Uh, I know Celeste <laughs> is so. Uh, she plays. I and I. She's been one of my best friends for like 24 years. Oh, I yeah? always. I I say her name Peckhouse. Uh, but I, somebody was like, that's not how you say it. So sorry. I'm hanging out with Celeste tonight. So sorry, <laughs> Celeste. Uh, she's, I mean, she's one of the best. I mean, um, so Mary Stone is an amazing improviser. Uh, Celeste is an amazing improviser. My friend Kate James uh, is an amazing improviser. She plays the woman who weighs me in at the uh, best self, mm-hmm. like uh, weight loss place. Um, and there are just a lot of parts that were played by improvisers. So when you're in that role, and your your people not only that you like trust implicitly as a person, but also as an improviser. Then we we were able to play more. Yeah. But um, everything like everything was scripted. I have to yeah. say, like it was great as like uh the person who the my character is based on and the co writer and the co show runner. Like, I mean, I I could play around a bit. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard that you've talked about uh, auditioning for commercials and TV series throughout your career, but the problem you ran into was that you didn't always fit into the Hollywood or Madison Avenue narrow idea of who their target audience would be. And I was wondering, was work in progress, this new series, somewhat born out of a sense that no one's going to just cast you in something? So you kind of have to create that breakout yes. role for yourself. Yes. So I, I would say like... um I I wouldn't even like I wouldn't get auditions, so it's not even I would go in oh, there. Really? They give me, you know because it's like also I get it. Why would I sell, like Why would they bring me on to sell cheeseburgers? <laughs> like I'm like okay. I'm like you know I, uh, people don't want to be fat. Mm-hmm. You know they're not going to have me do that. So hmm. um, and then also for when I would get I would I would I didn't audition very much, and when I did it, it, it wouldn't go well. So yeah, I started like you know my first one woman show like I I want to perform and I want to act and I want to tell stories and stuff like that. And the only way I was like, okay, you have to write for yourself because no, there mm-hmm. aren't going to be roles uh, for me. And also it get, I've got to say uh, there are tons more opportunities now than there were even five years ago. I think origin, uh, orange is the new black is an amazing, right. I mean, you have women of like different gender. I yeah. like, you know, you yeah, have transgender women, you have women of color, you have mm-hmm. fat women, you got older women, you got like, women of color i mean like you have that is a beautiful array of opportunity um so i'm not saying like this is ground but i I just said like i knew i had to write for myself and and that's why i wrote for myself Mm -hmm. and somebody's like well just become a writer's like i want to perform so (laughs) yeah so this is i mean honestly it is really it's a dream come true i I still can't believe it yeah (laughs) i can't believe it it's pretty amazing yeah and i guess it happened fairly quickly because what you did a pilot for sundance and you got in and then it got picked up by showtime i think there was a bidding war from what i've heard well yeah so what we did so like tim and i like so i did this storytelling show in 2016 
And Tim and I, Tim Mason, uh, my co-creator, we were going to work on some videos together because his wife is a dear friend of mine. We improvised together. Mm -hmm. She was like, hey, Tim wants to work on this. What do you want to work on? I'm like, ah. It was like I had just put my show up, so I was still running it. But I was like, I don't know. Uh, and my brain was in a good place. Like, my meds were working pretty good. I was felt was feeling creative. I was like, I want to, you know, I think maybe I'll do some videos. And he was like, she was like, go reach out to Tim because he wants to make his, he wants to work on his directing, his directing okay. reel. Reached out to Mason. We met. I pitched some ideas that were honestly fair to Midland. And then he was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. This is kind of my directing style. He he sent me a clip that he had wrote and directed. And then, so I was going to repitch the next week and meet and then in that that weekend, he came to my storytelling show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I went and I like repitched these ideas, and again, they weren't fabulous. And he goes, and he, I mean, they would have been fine, but he, we weren't passionate about him. He's like, why don't we just write a TV show based on, on, on the stories? I was like, wow. right on. Huh. And I've always wanted to do that. I'm also a collaborator. I knew I wouldn't do it on my own, and um, but also it's a very self involved thing, right? Like this story is about me. So yeah. like I you don't go up to I mean, and there are tons. Again, I can't talk about how great Chicago is and the Chicago improv community and the mm-hmm. artistic community is so beautiful. But how I didn't want to go up to somebody that I really like loved, trusted, respected yeah. and wanted to work with and be like, Hey, you wanna don't like do you wanna <laughs> dedicate so much time and energy on my story with possibly no payout <laughs> yeah. or payoff, you know? Right. So right. like it, it really, that's where yeah. we, so we started in 2016 and that first scene in the, uh, in the pilot with the therapist, mm-hmm. uh, we, that was filmed in September of 2016. Okay. And then uh, we had some meetings. We worked in the production company for a while that sold a different show uh, and th- like they were lovely folks. It, it wouldn't, it was not going to be a good fit anyways, but that was pretty devastating. And then we're like, Tim was like, I'm sick of meetings. We should so we we rewrote the pilot a few times, but then we decided like we'd do it as a web series because we were gonna do it ourselves. We we're like, we just mm-hmm. gotta make it. And uh so uh we were gonna do it as a web series because like who's gonna sit down and watch 24 minutes? <laughs> right. So we're like <laughs> and then so we we funded it ourselves and mm-hmm. we did yeah, we filmed it in June of uh yeah. June and July of over three days in 2018 and but that's uh, so much better that you had you already had this team assembled and you're working with people that you know yeah. and friends in Chicago and phenomenal. all that. So like it's not like you're going to networks pitching a show and no. then they're going to force you know some showrunner I mean, that you've honestly, never met on you was, and all these I mean, people. It was yeah. yeah. So like we we did so the pilot yeah. and you're and, still kind of like an arm gang comedy. Oh Kind of like an arm gang uh, comedy. <laughs> yeah. You're like still like you know. Yeah. Let's like, put on a show. It was very lucky because, like, when we <laughs> like when we got into Sundance, which still I go, can you believe it? And then we went out to pit after Sundance. We went out to pitch, and like we were like we were in a in a good position because they had already seen the pilot, so mm-hmm. they knew what the show was about. They knew the voice. They yeah. knew what we were gonna, you know. So like we were we were at an advantage of like not having you and then it's like this woman who's kind of a mess and then she's right. depressed and suicidal and then she meets this young man and then yeah. you know and then she has these friends yeah. and a family whatever like yeah. the work a lot of that work was yeah done. it's this meets that yeah <laughs> and then also like i mean i like from the beginning with with tim and then when we signed on with some eps and then we you know we got lawyers whatever and and then we were going out to fish i was just like just so you know i will never sell unless i get to play myself <laughs> like i'm not gonna sell yeah. the reason that I, we i wrote this my stories was because I wanted to perform. So just yeah. so you know, I'm not. I can't imagine it. it without you. Well, thank you very yeah. much. But yeah. like, I mean, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, we got it." But I was like, "I need to yeah. reiterate. There's <laughs> no way." That yeah. I well, yeah. This. These are very personal stories yeah. here. And also, like, I, I'd rather the show not be made than me not be able mm-hmm. to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's fair. There's something about it's being 51 and being like, this being my, I mean, being the first thing I've ever done, but I know who I am. I'm surrounded by mm. an amazing community. And like, I understand this life of failure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm thrilled. I'm the luckiest person, but like, I'd rather not have that a little bit of money or whatever from selling my ideas than, and going back to like, not yeah. getting any gigs, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, what is it like for you as someone who's done one-woman shows and mm-hmm. improv and that kind of thing to suddenly be thrown into a TV show where <laughs> you have like, uh, you know, you have to hit your mark and you have to. I mean, I mean you've that was never so done great. that before. Yeah, I gotta say, you got like, a crew so, around you. Yeah, so I gotta say, we um, first of all, having Lily Wachowski as your friend and your mentor <laughs> and your warrior, and um, I mean, she is. I can't even, I, I just, I'm going to get teary. She's mm-hmm. so phenomenally amazing and supportive and smart and powerful. And um, so that, I mean, that gives you confidence, right? Like I got to yeah, say, when I, definitely. when we went out to pitch, I'm like, holy crap, I'm in these meetings. And, but the thing is, is that, we, so they had seen the pilot, so they know I'm a mess. Like, I'm yeah. like, Whoa! like, <laughs> so that's not a surprise. I don't have to pretend I'm somebody I'm not. Right. And then I'm sitting next to Lily fucking Wachowski. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I mean, like there was a sense yeah. of sort of like, all right. Um, so that was amazing that she's, she's so supportive. And then, um, I mean, it's bonkers, you know, but we we when we hired our crew like um, and like our department heads and stuff it like Tim and I were like, hey, we've never done this before. And like um, like Tim had directed some commercials. He's never mm-hmm. done TV. And and I had never been on a professional set before. Like I'd done some friends of web series, but like this is bonkers. And like I went we had the most amazing uh, crew, I got to say. And I'd be like, ah, you guys, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And they, everybody helped me. Like they took amazing care of me. And it was a very much a community feel because Mm -hmm. like we were, we're fairly low budget. um, And so a lot of people, like every, like people were like working I think whatever everybody worked together, and I mean, I was yeah. very well taken care of. And before we go, I do want to point out that work in progress addresses a lot of things, not yes. just gender and sexuality, that, but yeah, fat shaming, mental illness, yep. community, family, yep. all kinds of yes. things. Um, yes. Do you worry about getting pigeonholed as well, I don't know what what the yeah. term would be, the queer show or yeah, whatever? I mean, well, it's funny because I think or working how do you with show, that? yeah, I think that's a great question. I think I was very concerned, like. I don't want to be pigeonholed as a queer show because it's about so much more. It is about like my goal for this, like the show and I'm not there. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like my, my goal is to show people that like, Hey, hopefully we can find a world that you can live without shame. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I say that, yeah. like I've, I've talked to some classes like, and I'm like, look, I'm not there yet. I'm not ashamed about my gender, sexuality, my age, whatever. I'm very still, I'm very ashamed of my fat. And I come by it honestly, and I mean, I, I'm not going to hide it. Like, I'm not proud of that. I'm ashamed of it. Anyways, but, um, yeah, I and I think, but I, honestly, like, working with Showtime, they have been, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, we, we are, like, when we were taught, we had a marketing meeting, and, like, we're so lucky to go after the, the new L word. And, 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 and so they're oh, doing Oh, yeah, what a great leading. I mean, come on. But, like, um. But then they're like, but this, we had this big meeting and they're like, but this isn't just, this isn't a queer show. It's about so much more. So we're, we're going to do some of the coast stuff, but we're going to do other stuff because it really, um, I was worried about being pigeonholed at the beginning. Uh, like when we were pitching it and stuff. Uh, well, even before, like where we were going to like submit it. I was like, I don't want to do, I, I don't want to do like a queer festival, even though queer festivals are amazing. 
I hope people, whatever people, uh, there was a lesbian journalist who got pissed off at me for saying that. Oh, really? But uh, yeah, but I, I just was <laughs> wow. like, I just think it's wow. not just a queer story. Yeah. It's about mental yeah. illness, family, community, fat shame, struggling. Yeah. Uh, just holding yeah. on, Being like holding human. on by a thread. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For whatever it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much more straight cis white male than me and <laughs> my wife i guess so female but, and we absolutely loved it we thought it was just fantastic it's really, so funny thank so, you so that means funny the world heartfelt to me. wonderful that, that honestly yeah. thank you so much it's so kind i appreciate it well work in progress premieres sunday december 8th at 11 p.m eastern and pacific on showtime abby mech Abby Mekin, Abby Mekin, 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 What was that from? Was that from? I don't, yeah. Like, I'm going to remember on the I forgot car that. ride home. Mekin, I know. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens. Pee Wee oh, Herman, Pee-wee I think. Herman, yeah. Anyways, Abby McEnany. Abby McEnany. <laughs> Thanks for joining <laughs> me. Thank you so <laughs> much. I had a ball. I really appreciate the time. <laughs> me too. Thanks again to Abby McEnany for coming on the show. Work in Progress airs Sundays at 11 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on Showtime. For more information, visit Showtime.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us while you're there. Five-star ratings and detailed reviews are one of the best ways for new listeners to discover the show. You can also follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at at KickAssNewsPod and recommend us to your friends on your social media. For more fun stuff, visit KickAssNews.com and I welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions at comments at KickAssNews.com. For now, I'm Ben Mathis and thanks for listening to KickAss News. <laughs>